0: Yes. Okay, so we're going to start though. So um, uh, Luke chapter eight—that's where we are. Um, no, sure, no, sure. In all of the chapters in Luke, in fact, it, I think in, in probably in most gospels, in every chapter or in every section, there's one central point. And Luke particularly, I think you notice it in Luke's Gospel more than any other, that he makes one main point, or he records Jesus as having made one main point, And the rest of his narrative is, is kind of grouped around that point. So I think in the homework, mm-hmm. if you looked at it, mm-hmm. I said, what did you think was the central point in Luke chapter 8? So if you didn't do the homework, it's going to be a trifle difficult. But if you did it then what do you think was the central point in chapter 8? For uh, me, the
1: emphasis was on listening. Listening, in, definitely hearing. listening. What Jesus is shall, is anyone has an ear.
0: Yes, anyone. exactly. That's actually one of the main uh, statements. Anyone who has an ear, let him hear. Mm-hmm. So definitely listening. But that's part of the central point, but not all of it. So kind of expand it a bit more. Hearing and believing, which is so. That's hearing and believing. So we've got two of the three kind of main. If you had to make a sentence of hearing, believing, and what would it be? Yeah, we've done listening. So, hearing, believing, and doing, and they go together. And the, main, the verse that kind of encapsulates it is, eight, is chapter 8, verse 15. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest yes. and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. So there's this kind of idea that, uh, as, as um, uh, Rich said, he who has an ear, let him hear. So hearing the word, receiving the word to your, for yourself and then living it out, doing what it says. Um, And that's what faith is. Faith is not just hearing the word. It is not just receiving it for yourself. True faith has effect. It has results. And that's what Luke chapter 8 is all about. Actually, Luke has been leading to that all the way through his gospel, because in the last chapter... He, you have the um, situation with Simon the Pharisee and the woman who's mm-hmm. a sinner, who mm-hmm. comes and uh, pours perfume on Jesus' feet, washes his feet with her hair. Um, and, and what he started to do at the end of Luke chapter seven is bring us into this situation where you know what someone believes by what they do. Yes. And that's kind of a teaching that we're losing in the Western Church. Mm-hmm. Believing has become about what you think and what you say rather than what you do. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is the opposite of that. Hello, Carol. No worries. Come right in. Yes, it says,
1: doesn't it, faith without deeds.
0: Yes, James. James' half-brother yes. will later write that yes. book, yes. Uh, that letter, and say that faith without works is dead. Um, so, uh, so having said that, how does faith begin? How, what, what are you supposed to hear? How does faith come Hearing the word of God. Faith yes. comes by hearing and mm. hearing by the word of God. That's not Luke, that's John. Um, mm. Mm. Sorry, Romans. Paul will write that in mm. uh, Romans. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. Actually, it comes by hearing the gospel. That's the way you, uh, re- you believe. You hear the gospel and you put your trust in it. And then having received the word for yourself, what happens next? Sure. Yeah, before that... Just for you, just think about you. You heard the gospel message. What did you do? You believed it. You believed it. You had to put your trust in it. Yeah. And when you put your trust in it, the the Bible calls that receiving it. So you ha- you received it for yourself, which meant you actually if you like, sat down on the chair. Someone told you the chair would hold your weight, but until you sat on it, you weren't sure. But when you sat on it, you were believing that what they said was true. So that's what you did. You received it for yourself. And then Jesus says in the parable of the sower, you hold it fast. Or that's what Luke's saying. You're holding it fast. How do you hold it fast? You heard the word of God. You trusted it. How are you going to hold it fast? Hold it close. What does that mean, though? Yes, meditate on it.
2: That means to do
0: it. It does, it actually means to do it in the end. It, you, it, so maybe a two stage process, but if you hold it something fast, what does it intimate to other people?
3: That it belongs to
0: you. That it belongs to you and?
3: That you want to give it away. Believe it. You really
0: believe it, and it's precious to you. It's precious to you. You hold things fast that are precious to you. Mm. You hold babies really close. You hold children really close. You hold those you love really close. You hold on to them, and you protect them, and you do all of those things with that because Mm. it's precious to you. That's Jesus' point. That's Luke's point. Mm. If you really have received the gospel, you will hold it close to yourself because it is the Mm. most precious thing Mm. that you own.
4: And yes. Yes. Um, also there's another factor that immediately you receive the Holy Spirit into your life then you're going to be a target for the devil
0: Well we're not going to talk about the devil actually because I think we do too much talking about the devil I actually think yeah. that Luke mm-hmm. doesn't talk about he talks about a demonised man who was demonised by a legion so yeah. however many that is, is it mm-hmm. a thousand? I'm not sure yeah. Yeah. Um, but they were all cast out as soon as Jesus went there That's the point of Luke. Luke's point is to show us who Jesus is, so that we understand in whom we have believed. You know, that's the statement. I know whom I have believed. Mm. And that's what Job will say, and that at the last I will stand and see him Mm. on this earth. Mm. And and that's where the Luke wants to get us to. He wants to show us Jesus so that we know whom we have believed and we totally trust that whatever comes our way, he is in authority. And that's what he's going to do in this chapter. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. When you hear it, when you understand what it is, you hold it fast and it becomes more and more and more precious to you. So Jesus had heard, uh, his disciples had heard his word, but the test for them would be, will they hold on to it for themselves? That's the test for you and me. You've heard the word of God. You know the gospel. Will you hold on to it for yourself? Mm and because holding the Word of God is the same as holding the one who is the Word of God. In a way, it's what you're saying, Mike, because you're saying we receive the Holy Spirit. So to receive the Word is to receive the Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's the same. It's synonymous in in the Scripture. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so everybody lives by faith in something. Um, We saw that in in Luke chapter 7 with Simon. What was Simon the Pharisee's faith in? Yeah he was dutiful yeah what was his but what was it what was he trusting the law. he was trusting the law he was trusting the traditions his religion so he was trusting his religion there's lots and lots of uh people that would call themselves christians who actually don't trust christ but they trust the religion mm-hmm. the traditions the mo- the ethics yes. the morals of their uh of what they're following so everybody lives by faith in something even atheists have faith that there's there's nothing. You have to have to. You have to have faith that there's nothing. Um, so the Pharisees' faith, yeah, was in the law, and um, and and that was actually going to bind them up because he, they would find it really difficult to come through that. So, um, okay. So, can someone read from verse one to verse fifteen, please, uh, of chapter eight? Thank you. While I I catch my breath. Soon
3: afterwards, he began going around from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sickness. Mary, who was called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who were contributing their support out of their own private means. When a large crowd was coming together and those from various cities were journeying to him, he spoke by way of a parable. The sower went out to sow his seed and as he sowed, some fell beside the road and it was trampled underfoot and the birds of the air ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky soil and as soon as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it out. Other seed fell into the good soil and grew up and produced a crop a hundred times as great. As he said these things, he would call out, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples began questioning him, as to what this parable meant. And he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Beside the road are those who have heard, then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart, so that they will not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky soil are those who when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no firm root. They believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The seed which fell among thorns these are the ones who have heard and as they go on their way they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word of God in an honest and good heart, and hold it fast, and bear fruit with perseverance.
0: Thank you. Okay, Um, We talked a bit this morning about the fact that Luke deliberately pairs male-females in his gospel. He's done that from the beginning and he does it here now. He talks about the disciples that he's going to talk to, who he's going to tell this parable to and they're going to understand. But at the same time, before he does that, he talks about the women who were also disciples of Jesus. They were following him. Mm. And I think that he's doing that for a specific reason. So think back to the beginning of the gospel. What are the male-female pairs that Luke has given us so far? Mary and Joseph, of course, the uh, her um, her husband, fiance. Who else? Zacharias and Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Who else? They don't necessarily have to be related. They just that Luke speaks about them. Maybe Simon the Pharisee and this woman. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Certainly. Anna and Simeon in the temple. And he's consciously doing this. He's, he's bringing all the time, male, female representatives, either those who believe or those who don't, but particularly those who believe. And what he's doing here at the beginning of chapter 8 is listing women who are following Jesus. And we cannot understand, because we live in a different culture, that what they were doing was so radical, it would have caused a scandal as they were doing it. So not only is he... Uh, not saying anything about the scandal, but he's also naming the women. He names Susanna, mm. and um, and Mary, and Joanna, and uh, mm. uh, and, then, and then he says that there were many others contributing to their mm. support out of their private means. But what what's happening here is that women are following Jesus, and that is an amazing thing that's happening mm. in the gospel. And why do you think Luke, God, is getting Luke to write down, why do you think he is including the names of these women and the acts that they do? Why do you think Luke particularly does that? Because the other gospel writers don't do so much of it. Why do you think he's doing that? Yeah, it's for all of us, yeah. What is Luke presenting? Who is Luke presenting Jesus as to us? So was the, the, the son of man he is the son of man he is the son of humanity he is the son of mankind so he he is representing christ is representing mankind in a way that Adam represented mankind. But what I think that God wants us to know is that just as Adam was representing male-female, so Jesus is representing male-female. Yeah. Why is that important? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, because in the, the
2: ages... Exactly. In
0: that time, women virtually did not have any authority. If they had money, they sometimes had position and some sort of authority, but mostly they did not. And so what Luke is doing, or what God is doing through Luke and and showing us in Jesus, is that Jesus is elevating, not women per se, but he's, he's making it plain that Jesus represented women and men, and that he came for women and men. I mean, the Jews didn't number women. No. In the in the parable of the feeding the 5,000, that was mm. 5,000 men. Yes. It was probably 10,000 people if you included mm. the women and the children. Yeah. So they, they, that was the normal course of action, was not to number mm. the women, not to name the women, not to talk about them. So there's something in this, and, and we could miss it if we're not careful. And I think that the big thing is that for Luke's gospel, Jesus is... The Son of man in matthew 's Gospel, Jesus is presented as the King of israel in john 's gospel he 's presented as the Son of god in mark he 's the suffering yes, servant, yes, yes. but here in luke's gospel it 's like okay, here is your example he is the, here is the second Adam here is the new man, and do you remember Luke traveled with Paul such a lot didn't he mm. and Luke, and paul 's the one who talks about Sin came into the world through one man, and through one man came salvation. Mm. So there's this idea of humanity involved in Luke's gospel. It's really important, Mm. I think, really important. Mm. Because what Jesus is going to do is, what Luke is going to do is say, okay, to be a disciple of Jesus is open to men and women, and what it means is that you are now going to imitate the perfect man, the perfect human. Mm. You're going to follow the perfect human. Yeah. You're going to try to live like the perfect human. Mm-hmm. You're going to try to live as Adam and Eve couldn't live. Yeah. And the only way you'll be able to do it is with that perfect man inside you by his mm-hmm. spirit. Mm-hmm. you see what I mean? Yeah, I so um, so I think that he includes all those names. It's a scandalous situation. There's no mention of the scandal. It's just yeah. they're named mm-hmm. and this is what they do. And what he does say is that there's a large crowd gathering with uh, following Jesus there's a large crowd verse 4 when a large crowd was coming together and those from the various cities were journeying to him he spoke by way of a parable Mm -hmm. so he ends the parable by saying he who has an ear let him hear which is something he says very often Mm -hmm. Um, and before he told them its meaning he told them why he was using parables why was he using parables Yeah, for people that... Not for the disciples. Not for the disciples, no. Mm -hmm. But it's a kind of an unusual thing that he says, um, because he says, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is in parables, Mm -hmm. so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Mm. Where does he take that reference from? Mm. It's Isaiah. It's Isaiah Isaiah chapter 6. It's when Isaiah sees the risen, well, sees God high and lifted up. He actually sees Jesus. John, John's gospel tells us that he sees Jesus. So he sees Jesus high and lifted up, and he hears the call, who will go for us? And he says, I, I will go, send me. Here I am, send me. And then God <coughs> says to him, Jesus says to him, you're going to go with this message to these people, but they will not understand. But you are to keep on preaching. And, mm. and, and not to worry about the fact that they don't understand. Mm. So why is it that Jesus uses that here to say, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God? Why would it be granted to some people to know the mysteries and not to others? Mm. Is it um,
1: only those who are close to, to Jesus?
0: Mm. Um, understand?
1: Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe.
0: The no, the they Gentiles. haven't yet got the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It is for the sake of the Gentiles, but I don't think he's talking about that yet now to them. So he's just saying to them, basically, it's been granted to you to understand these things. So what is it? Why is it that God has granted it to these people and not to the massive crowd that's, fo- that's following? So
1: that they can go
0: out. So that they can go out. But what's the difference between them and the crowd? They've believed. They've believed. They have yes. believed. Yes they have already left and followed. Mm. Uh, They've already, the women that he's talked about, have already put their money where their mouth is, as it were. They've already caused a scandal by following Jesus. Mm. They've already given money. And so what he's setting up is, the more you put your trust in Jesus, the more understanding God will give you. The less you put your trust in Jesus, the less you will be able to understand what he says
2: really want to understand. Yeah. We'll think about these yes. I think that's included, definitely, yes. But they
0: that Well, the I point. think they've got to want to know truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've got to want to know truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. have to desire, desire truth. truth. Yeah. Which is you wanting have to. to know God. Yes, mm-hmm. it, which is wanting to know God. That's it. So it's, it's as if he's already saying to them, how precious is knowing me to you mm-hmm. how much do you want to know me because the more you want to know of me the more you will know of me mm-hmm. so i you know you you talk to people i i've told you the story of my sister who when i gave her a bible years and years ago and i called her from wherever i was japan probably and i said are you reading your bible she said no i don't understand it i said you're told you read john's gospel it's so simple mm. no i can't understand it i can't understand it But when I finally came back to the UK and she said she wanted to become a Christian, I said, get that Bible out. So she got the Bible out. I called her a little bit later, maybe two weeks later. I said, have you been reading John? Yes, it's so amazing, isn't it? It's so so wonderful. Because what had happened to her was that God had granted it to her Mm. to understand the mysteries Mm. of the kingdom. Because Mm. now she had put her trust in Jesus. Mm. That's what Jesus is looking for all the time. Mm. He doesn't need us to be intellectual or academic. He doesn't need us to understand all the nuances of every theological doctrine. In fact, the more we understand the theological doctrine, often the less we understand the Word of God. But what he is looking for are people whose heart is set on him. Is he your treasure? Is he your most precious thing? Is knowing God the single, biggest, most important thing in your life? Because if it is, you will know him and you'll know the things about him, and um, it will be wonderful. (laughs) So that's what's happening here. And and now it's with that understanding that you can see what he means about the parable. Because he's gonna tell them a parable about the word of God. That the sower goes out and sows the seed, and the seed falls on different ground. That you live with people who don't understand the word of God. I live with people who don't understand fully the word of God. Mm. I do. I know lots of people who don't understand the word of God, and you could be you could be mistaken into thinking, but well, I, you know, why don't they understand it? I just don't. I don't know why they don't understand it. You know, poor mm. things. God is not explaining it to them. Mm. But actually, what's happened before? If, if someone doesn't understand the word of God, why not? What's the reason? Mm. According to this. Not to the different types of soil, but what is the main reason that people cannot get understanding of the Word of God? Mm. They, don't really want to. they don't want to. Mm. They have chosen not to believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the bottom line. Mm. If mm. people don't understand the Word of God, it's because they don't want, they want to. to. Yeah. Because God says that he will give understanding. Mm. Now, I'm not talking about all the intricacies. There are things, obviously, that mm. take more time. You have to unravel. You have mm. to kind of get into. But the basic meanings... Mm. Jesus is saying, this parable, people won't understand. And yet, and yet you read that parable and you, you know what he means. Yes.
4: Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we will not have this man to rule over yes, us. Yes,
0: exactly. They won't have him. And that's what the Bible always says about Jesus. It's not that they can't believe, it's that they won't believe. Mm-hmm. That's the truth about every unbeliever you know. It's not that they can't, it's that they won't right.
3: Or else they want to be God. Exactly. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to run my... I want to manage my own destiny, yeah. So he tells this this gospel, we know it, this uh, parable, we know it so well that you can tell me what it means. So, um, uh, and he said it with the backdrop that some people are going to resist the word of God and they're not going to want Mm -hmm. to understand it and so they're therefore not going to understand it. So, um, but when he's talking to his disciples... Is he telling them that they're to stop speaking? Oh no. No, they're to continue to speak. Isaiah (laughs) would spend his whole life speaking to people who didn't want to hear. Mm. Mm. But God would tell him, I have a remnant here. Yes. So also in Isaiah, Isaiah will also be the one who says that God says my word will not return void without accomplishing the purpose for which it was sent. So so to us for example. What's the message to us? Jesus is saying there's going to be all these three, four types of seed and only one of them is really going to be the thing. Mm. So are you going to stop speaking? No. No, no, of course, you're going to keep on keeping yeah. on, yeah. keep yeah. on throwing out the seed. Yeah. So um, what are the types of soil then? What are, um, just briefly, what does Jesus tell you about the, um, the soil that the seed is thrown onto? He says the seed is the word of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what's the first type of soil? Rocky soil. soil. What happens to the seed that goes there? Yeah, and the devil removes it. That's what he says. It says, now, um, the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they will not believe. Again, not that they cannot believe, that they will not believe and be saved. So they won't believe. So they're fairly straightforward. What's the next group?
2: Um, yes, the
0: my have got mm. Mm. No, the first one, he says, the next one is um, those on rocky soil are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no firm root, they believe for a while, and in a time of temptation, which can also mean trial or test, mm. they fall away. So who are, the, who are the ones that you would describe as this? Mm. What would they look like? I don't mean physically, but what would they they be like? Maybe. Mm. Mm. Think about what he's saying, because he's saying they receive it with joy at first. But then in a time of trial or testing, they Mm. fall away, Mm. because there's no root. Mm. So who are these people? Mm. I'll tell you who I think they are. They're people like me who went up in a Billy Graham crusade and prayed the prayer and was happy. I was really happy. And then I walked away and never went to church mm-hmm. and, didn't, and walked a million miles from God. Mm-hmm. I received mm-hmm. it with joy. But in the first time of any temptation or test, mm-hmm. I fell away. Why? Because there was no root. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Maybe they been uh, yeah, you can say that. But again, we've got to come back to this is a promise of God. If you want understanding, you will have it. Yes.
3: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And God knows the heart. Yeah. So I know that some people will say, well, when you prayed that prayer when you were 14 or however old mm-hmm. I was, then, you know, God knew that and he, he's been working. But actually, I would say that's not true. Faith is a choice that you make consciously.
4: Yes.
0: It's a choice that you make and it's a choice that you follow up on. And if you don't follow up, you are one of these people. Mm-hmm. The, the choice you made wasn't backed up. By your choice the next day and the next day and the next day and that's the reality of faith if, as soon as there's a trial or a test Jesus is very clear about it building your house on the sand the storm comes the trial comes and the house falls so, um, so that's that group, the next group what's the next one the seed which fell among the thorns so who do they represent well, I think yes and no, Anne, because I wouldn't say they represent you. Because you have, it, it's not that we don't have cares, or troubles, or difficulties, or not that we don't want uh, life's pleasantries. We do. But they don't force us away. From God. Mm. He's talking about people who actively choose the world Mm. over over God. Mm. You don't do that. I'm assuming you don't do that. Mm. Mm. And only you know that because there are many, many, many people who are choosing the world who look like believers. They even talk like believers. But the thing is, they're the ones Jesus will say, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we, mm. in your name do this and that?" And he will say, "Depart from me, I never knew you.": mm. That's mm. The saddest thing It is think. a sad thing, but that's who he's talking about. I mean, you could think about the rich young ruler who's the classic example in Scripture, who comes and Jesus says, "Sell everything you've got, and you know, Yeah. And the thing is, I was saying this morning, you know, I don't want to sell everything I've got and give it away." That's the bottom line truth. I don't want to do that. And so I legitimise my not wanting to do that by saying, well, God's not calling me to do that. I mean, you Mm. know, he's not really asking me to do that. And he's not asking me to go to Africa or me to go here or me Mm. to go... He's just not asking me to do that. And I can kind of balance that in my mind. So what's the difference? Because have you sold everything you have? Mm. No. So what makes the difference between this person who it, it, the worries of the world and, and the riches choke out the, the life of the seed? What's the difference between that person and me, or you?
3: You haven't been called
0: to. Yeah, I haven't been called to. But let's face it, I could talk myself out of a call yeah, of God. because yeah, yeah. yeah, you know. I'm trying to excuse you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. But, okay, let's just pretend I'm a cutout. You know, this is not really the real me. So, you know, think about it, though. If you knew, absolutely knew that's that God was calling you to that, well, just that you knew it,
4: yes, yes, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, would, would do you do, do
0: it. it? And would that's would and that's the that's, the, that's the, the, the the difference yeah, between team. you and the next person on you know, this yeah. list.
3: Enough, I was talking to Carol because I'm a bit behind you, and I'm you know on the food thing. Ah, right. He who's hungry. Yeah. And I was saying to Carol, you know, when I find something a little bit delicious, I think. <laughs> If I didn't do that, but the, because the Lord's convicting yeah. me, if I didn't do that and put that money aside, I could actually give more to feed the hungry. Yes. But it's, it's, it's everybody's
0: touch. Exactly, in a different way. exactly. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, if that will yeah. touch me, it won't come yeah. close to something. No, else. But, I, but what I'm, I'm trying to get at is yes. it's easy to sit and say, you know, I'm not the worries of the world and the riches don't choke out the seed in me mm-hmm. because we're very quick to justify ourselves. yes. yes. It's, it's a human condition. Yeah, yes. and, and, but what I think is true is that if you have really have a thing that God doesn't want, he will keep bringing that to your face yeah. all the time yeah. Yeah. until you say, OK, Lord, what he does. OK, Lord, mm-hmm. I'll give that up. Yeah. up. Exactly. And he keeps on bringing it and bringing it and bringing mm-hmm. it. I mean, he faced the rich young ruler. He did, there was no kind of, well, follow me for a while, and then we'll talk about that later. It was right away, in your face, here, you've got to give this up. Since he loved him. Yeah, mm. exactly. So
1: Jesus mm. must have
0: been sad when he turned So, okay, so there are the three different types. I don't know about the third type, whether they're saved or not. I just hope that I'm not in that, well, I know I'm not in that group, and I'm thankful that I'm not, because I wouldn't like not to know that I was saved for my whole life. Yeah. And I think that person won't have assurance. Um, even if they are saved, they won't have the assurance that they are because they'll be worried so much about their riches and trying to hold on to things and, and uh, everything else will be choked out. So the, third, the fourth type, of course, everybody knows, is uh, will bring forth uh, fruit with perseverance. What fruit comes out of this soil? Mm. Good fruit. Yeah, good fruit. What's the fruit he's talking about? Yeah, I think it it does include that, but I don't actually think that's the main thing about fruit, because let's be honest, how many people in your lifetime, so far, your Christian life, have you led to the Lord? Mm. I mean if you've had hundreds and hundreds well done you but most people won't have hundreds and hundreds no.
4: there's, more <laughs> in, <of course. laughs> yeah, there's more in of course <laughs> I scooped up a man who was going to commit suicide this week did you? Mm. praise God, God, God for that was praise yeah. God Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, but for the most part we don't know what has happened in the life mm. of the people that we've witnessed to for the most part mm he who sows doesn't reap. You know, somebody sows the seed, someone waters, someone reaps. So it can't only be that fruit. What is the other type of fruit in Scripture? Fruits of the Spirit. Which is the way that you can know that you are being transformed. Yeah, are you more self do you have more self-control now than you did when you first came to the Lord? Are you more patient? Are you kinder? Are you more understanding of other people? Are you more forgiving? Do you still have bitterness? You know, do you, st- do you still take offense really easily? Are you angry most of the time? You know, these things are quantifiable and you can say, actually, you know, this is an area that I actually am not bearing fruit in. But this is an area that I am
4: and we're conscious of the fact that um, we are not what we'd like to be, yeah. but we know that we're not what we were. Exactly. Yes.
0: But we have to know that we're yeah, not yeah. what we were mm. like, because and I think that's really important, yeah. because I think we we, as I say, we easily justify mm. ourselves. Mm. You know, if you knew what he was like, if you knew what she was like, you would totally understand mm. why I'm like this. Mm. We have that all the time. You know, we, by you know, they just don't stop and just. I just lost it. Mm, mm, mm. It's not my fault that I lost it. It's your fault. Mm, mm, mm. And that's what I call that's justification. Mm. Everybody does it. It's a human instinct to justify one's own responses.
1: Mm.
0: And God is saying that if you really receive this to yourself, you receive the Holy Spirit. We know that here. He's not saying that yet, but we know that we will, and therefore we know that we will be transformed. There's no doubt. Mm. If you're not transformed, there's something wrong. Or being transformed.
2: Or being transformed,
0: being transformed yeah. But yeah. It's a, it is a process. Is and you are process. transformed instantly, actually. You're, mm. you're, you're given birth mm. life. Mm. Yes. You know, so you, now you're no longer dead, you are alive. There is something that happens. Yes. And you do have the witness of the Spirit. Mm. You know, You may not have that witness 24 hours a day, but you do know that you are now a child of God. That's what the Scripture says.
4: Can to come back for a second to mm. what you said about Billy Graham? Because mm. quite rightly, you said that um, uh, when he preached the word, a number of people heard it with joy. Mm. You know? But of, uh, also, as well, of course, he, he, the, 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 the word, his word got through to people. Mm. And in fact, the minister of Norwich once said that 30% of the ordinance that year came as a result of the yeah his word. Yeah. So it's interesting that... Yeah. As you say, some fell, mm. some of his words fell mm. on straight the ground, but mm. others fell on good soil. Oh, some,
0: yes. I think his ministry is yes. amazing, yes. absolutely amazing, yes. And, but I also, yeah, I agree, amazing. I
4: agree with you
0: too, yeah. But, he, but it was a cost to him. Yes. It cost him his family life, it cost yes. him yes. everything yes. to do yes. that. And that's
3: is, another challenge we're given, isn't it? Yeah. They left everything. Yeah. Yeah,
0: mm. yeah mm-hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. it is is, but he's going to go on to say that isn't he because he's going to say uh, verse 16 now no one after lighting a lamp covers it over with a container or puts it under a bed but he puts it on a lamp stand so that those who come in may see the light for nothing is hidden that will not become evident nor anything secret that will not be known and come to light so take care how you listen for whoever has to more to him more shall be given and whoever does not have even what he thinks he has shall be taken Mm. away from him Mm. and his mother and his brothers came to him and they were unable to get to him because of the crowd and it was reported to him saying your mother and your brothers are standing outside wishing to see you but he answered and said to them my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God are these who hear the word of God and do it the same thing again so it's hearing the word and doing mm. the word hearing and doing it um, mm. and uh it's straightforward actually you came to the lord jesus you heard the truth you put your trust in jesus you were you were lit up you were the light of the world lives in you you are now the light of the world and no one who has come into that mm. puts that light under a bushel yeah. So the person who doesn't want to tell anyone that he's become a Christian or she's become a Christian, there's something not something quite right there, no. because that's impossible, according to Jesus. Yes, so
4: many people say, "Oh, it's personal." It's
0: a personal yes. thing. It's, it's a, personal a private thing. thing. Yes. Yes. Yes.
4: yes,
0: exactly. Yes. But Jesus says, "No."
4: No, exactly.
0: It's not. No. Actually, it's the sort of thing, I mean, there's that, there's that story, isn't there, of a, an evangelist staying in the house, of a family's house, and the young man's at the table, the son, and he says, talking to the evangelist, and he says, the thing is, if I put my faith in Jesus, I'm going to have to tell people about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the evangelist right. says, no, you won't, you don't have to tell anybody. You can put your trust in Jesus and not tell anybody. That's okay. Really? Okay, so the young man goes to bed, and in the morning he comes down, you'll never guess what happened to me last <laughs> night. I believed in Jesus. Because he just wanted to tell you people. You can't stop. You can't, that's it. No, no. So it's not that you, it, you might before you become a believer not want to tell anybody or think you won't, but the reality is you will, because it's such a momentous thing. So all the things you think you won't want to do, you do because mm. Jesus is there and and it's not difficult. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: And that's what Jesus is saying here, you know, no one lights the lamp and puts it under a under a, mm. a cover. No one does that. And, and and he's basically very straightforward about who his relations are. His relations are those who do what he says. Mm. I mean, it's so clear cut, isn't it? So, I mean, look around, look at yourself first and think, is that you? Mm. I mean, I know it is because you're here and you're studying it all the time, so I'm not suggesting it isn't, but it is something to think about. Do I do what I know God wants me Mm. to do? Mm. Do I do the Word, actually? Because, again, I can easily hide that all up in, yeah, well, that was talking to those types of people, not to me. Mm.
4: Do I walk and talk? Yeah,
0: do I walk the walk I talk, Mm. exactly so mm-hmm. um, so what's he saying then when you've received when you've received Jesus and you've understood his word your life should reflect that yes it should reflect not
4: necessarily that. by words no yeah, your life should reflect the, it the, yeah Who is it said preach the gospel and <laughs> use words. yeah yes. I know nice. I know yeah. I'm not
0: quite sure I agree I'm with not that sure, exactly yeah because uh, I think you can only preach the no, gospel yeah. with I words agree. but I know what you agree, mean yeah. Francis our Francis life should yeah
3: you use the word of God, you know, whether it's a tiny bit of a sentence from the Bible, you could just sense it has power. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to use the same word. No, no. But just whatever yeah. yes. is brought to life. Yes,
0: exactly. So he's been um, talking to them about the importance of the word and the importance of doing what it says uh, and a life that actually, yeah, yeah. so the life that actually um, uh, witnesses to the fact that you've received Uh, the word of God and now he's going to in the rest of the chapter talk about why that's true why is it true that your life will witness Mm. when you have trusted Christ and he's going to talk about Jesus in I think three different ways so from verse 22 to verse 56 he's going to present Jesus as um as God as the as uh Mm. And and he's going to present the aspects of his power and his authority. So if you've read the chapter, there are three different kind of um, circumstances that Luke presents that Jesus had authority. So the first one, what's the first circumstance? Mm.
4: Yeah, so the
0: disciples, he tells the disciples they're going to go across to the other side of the lake. They all get in the boat and suddenly a storm comes up. And a a bad storm, someone said this morning, they were seasoned fishermen. So this wasn't just a bit of a windy night. This was a very big storm and they were afraid. And so, uh, could someone read 22 to 25, please? Verse 22 to 25. Now it happened on a certain day that
2: he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake, and they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were, f- and they were filling with water, and were in jeopardy. And they came to him, and woke him, and said, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he rose, and rebuked the wind, and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? He commands even the winds of the water,
4: Mm. and
2: they obey
0: him. Thank you. Mm. So Jesus' authority here that Luke's showing is over what?
1: Sea.
0: It's over the yeah, it's over the yes. natural elements, it's over the natural world, so in any shape or form, and here is the example of the storm at sea. But there's something else going on in this chapter that we've already established, and that is that Luke is presenting the fact that if you have believed the word of God, you trust the word of God, hold it fast to yourself, mm-hmm. and you act on it. Mm-hmm. So yes. what has Jesus told them when they get into the boat? Yeah, we're going to the other side of the lake. And then he f- promptly fell asleep. Yeah. But what's happened to them while he's asleep in the boat? What? Something catastrophic has happened. A circumstance has arisen that is testing yes. them and their belief in who he is. Do you
1: think he fell asleep
0: on purpose? Probably. I don't know. Was it, I don't know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So. He's, they're sailing across the Sea of Galilee. He's told them we're going to the other side. We are going to the other side and a storm hits. So take it now, okay, we understand the storm hits, they get afraid, we understand that. But take that and move it into our lives. What is God wanting to tell us? Mm. If faith is hearing, receiving and living, what happens in the midst of a storm in your life?
4: Keep, okay, calm. keep calm keep calm yes keep calm
0: carry on keep calm and carry on well you know not exactly what happens is you trust Good. that God has said Good. we are going to the other side yes. so you will not be afraid now I'm not saying I'm not trying to say that every storm is instantly oh I'm not going to be afraid of that mm-hmm. because Jesus is taking yes. me to the other side of course not we're human beings but the reality is insofar as you trust that God Jesus is God and that his word is true you will be less afraid of the circumstances and the giants in your life. That's just what's going to happen.
2: You will be afraid you're not...
0: Of you're course, afraid. naturally you, you will help be. Him, yes,
2: getting, yes. You
0: know, yes,
2: help
0: Exactly. Because yes. you see, I think fear is a God-given gift. Yes. Yes. I think fear is a gift from God yes. because when you're afraid, you run to him. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing. And you remember all the things he's told you. Okay, Jesus, this looks terrible to me. You know, I've got this disease and it looks like my life's about to end. But that's okay because I'm going home with you. Mm-hmm. It's okay because I know where I'm going. So, yes, it won't be okay on a daily basis. There'll be pain, there might be difficulty, but I trust that I'm going to be with you. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. And and so, I, okay, I lose all my money and and something catastrophic happens. The world is in turmoil. There's an economic collapse that mm-hmm. destroys the UK and all the Western world. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus is expecting us to say, well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll be, you know, We're of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do what you do. We won't buy nice food. <laughs> <laughs> nice but you, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean, though? That's, the, that's what he's expecting. He's expecting, where is your faith? This is a storm, yes. I'm not saying you're not going to face a storm. He's in the boat and there's a storm. He's not protecting them from the storm. He's saying that through this storm, A, I'll be in the boat, and B, we will go on together. And if that's true, why are you afraid?
3: Really helpful when you say... Fear can be God-given. Yeah, I think it is. Because, you know, I've just been convicted recently that fear is a sin, because it's like unbelief. Mm. But if you think of it also, as something God uses to bring you closer to God, Yes, definitely.
0: I think fear is a gift. I think Mm. it's a natural human emotion, Mm. and God's response to it is, when he says throughout the Bible, fear not, he Mm. always says, for I am with you. Fear not because I am God. Fear not because of this. Yeah, and it's yeah. always, don't be afraid, because this is who I am. Mm, mm, mm. And, and David, when he faced Goliath, yeah. he wasn't afraid. He was afraid humanly of this Goliath giant, but he wasn't afraid because he knew his God. He knew that if God wanted to, he was going to defeat Goliath. Mm, yeah. He wasn't going to allow this giant to blaspheme yeah. his God. And that's really what we do when we give in to the circumstance and we give in to the fear and we don't think about God and we don't run to God. Mm. We actually allow that circumstance to blaspheme our God. Mm. And Mm. yeah, and I think, I do think, I think fear is a, it's the way that God often holds us close. Mm. Mm. Um, So Jesus has shown them that he's got authority over the natural realm. He's he's told them, I'm in the boat. Basically, he didn't say that, but I'm in the boat. We're going to the other side. Why did you not trust me? And that's really for us. Mm. I'm in the boat. We're going to the other side. Why are you not trusting me? Mm. What's the second lot? The second uh, example in Luke, from verse 26 to verse 39, he describes um, a demonic man, Mm. a man who was possessed by demons. Um, what does he show us in this whole thing?
2: Let me just sort of mm. take that back a step. Because, mm. um, when they were in that boat, and it was they, they were in real danger. Yeah, and he did what he did. Yeah, he explained all that beautifully. Um, but then it, it says that uh, they, uh, when he challenged them about where is their faith? Where is that verse? Yeah, 20, 20, well, 25, 25, twenty-five. Twenty-five. Where is that? Oh well, yeah, uh, they they were seized with alarm. That's not about the storm. Cause it was no. a yeah. profound and reverent dread. And they marvelled and the saying to one another, "Who is this?" Mm. So they had an amazing experience of seeing the man, yeah. uh, the God who is yes. man. I yeah. And then he comes to the beach and he gets he gets off the boat. But before he's, he's still on the sand, this guy's coming towards him, and yeah. And, yeah. and he's oh. already yeah. delivering yeah. this guy. And my point. Yeah. When I looked at that, is it's that the disciples aren't even mentioned. No. They're just silent. Silent, yeah. Because they know from that previous thing, yeah. And the conversation goes on with the crowd and the man yeah. and everything. Yeah. But not from the disciples. No. Isn't
0: that amazing? Yeah, yeah it,
2: it is. They, it is, they is amazing. They had met with the Son of
0: Man Yeah, and they knew it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I think they're still learning. I mean, we've got this great, immense privilege of looking back with the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. They're, they're not in that situation. No. They're no. just being... No absolutely amazed at who Jesus is. And, and he's just compounding and building up their faith as they're going along. And
2: that should encourage us. Absolutely. You know, come through a storm and then there's another storm, but as yeah. you remember, yeah. you think, that's oh, it. yes. He's, that's he's it. This amazing God that walks through that, mm. we'll just stay quiet and Yeah, him, that's it. I, I hope I get to that place.
0: You are in that place. I was just about to say, and your life, witnesses to that mm. at the moment. Just your amazing. life witnesses to that. Mm. And that is the truth. And, and that's what should happen I hate that word "should," but that's what <laughs> yeah, you, that's yes. what will happen, will happen yeah. if you are following the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Rose's life does does witness yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, so so from verse twenty six to thirty nine, he talks about this uh, demonic man. Yeah. Uh, he talks to the demons actually. Jesus asked him, "What is your name?" And he said, "Legion," for many demons had entered him, and they were imploring him not to command them to go away into the abyss. So then we have the swine, and he puts them into the swine and then they all run over mm. the cliff mm. so um what's what's his authority over
4: over the demonic over realm,
0: the demonic so. realm. <laughs> what do you think jesus wants them to understand and us mm. what does he want us to understand i think it's, it's two things really that two kind of two-pronged attack so in the pure words of the scripture. Is there a demon who can stand against God or against Christ? No. no. There is no demon that can stand against Christ. If you are a believer, there is no demon strong enough to take you from God. I, I do not believe that it's possible for a believer to be indwelt by a demon. I don't find one evidence of it in Scripture. That's why I don't believe it. I do believe that you can be attacked. Of course, Satan is constantly attacking, mm. and he knows your vulnerable point, And he'll send his, his, uh, his minions off to attack you at your vulnerable points. I believe that. But let me tell you, I also believe that if you are suffering that sort of attack, it is because you have not believed mm. something about God. Yes. You are living in slight unbelief. Because if you believe that Jesus is who he says he is here, then there is nothing and no one that can stand against him. If you truly want release from whatever it is that you feel is attacking you or that you are under the control of, he has promised that he will deliver you. Mm. If you are not delivered, that is because you don't believe that he will or there is something about the situation that you don't want to let go of. Mm. Yes. So often, I think people talk about demons when they actually mean something in their own flesh mm. that they don't want to be yeah. rid of. Yeah. I can't cross every T in that. Yeah, I can't. I'm not trying to say that. The, I'm not trying to make some huge doctrinal statement. This is just what I believe right now, and I believe it based on these sorts of scriptures.
4: This demonstrates, doesn't it, that um, he, he has mastery over the democracy. Exactly. Rule. Yeah. yeah complete exactly. Master over exactly. the, the Yes. yes. All power definitely. Yes. All, yes. all
0: power and authority. Yes. I don't believe it's individually definitely. we have the same power and authority that Jesus yeah. had. Individually, yeah. we, we, you know, you're just you, and I'm just me. But together, as mm. the body of Christ, mm. we represent Him. Yeah. Mm. Together, we have all power and authority. Yeah. And the thing is, if we continually talk about the demonic, we become afraid mm. of yep. the demonic because individually we are not able to deal mm. with the demonic or Satan. And
1: too much has been blamed on yes.
0: exactly, mm. exactly. Yes. exactly. Yes. Yeah.
4: Um,
0: so, yeah, so I think that Jesus is quite clear here. It didn't matter how many demons there were, they all had to go when he told them to go, um, he dealt with them. And it's interesting to me what the man does at the end of it because uh, in verse 35, the people went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out Mm. sitting down at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they became frightened. So again, there's something else here. Uh, I was talking to someone earlier who... um, had gone to visit a church she didn't say which church it was so this is nothing about the church itself but she went there and they were talking about yoga and Reiki and you know what Reiki is it's a healing thing and uh, all going on inside the church there were people in there who you know um, if Christ is there Reiki and yoga cannot be because they come from demonic demonic sources. I know people in Japan who told me, but Reiki has healed me. My back is so much better since they laid hands on me. So I'm not saying it doesn't work. It does. But the result in someone healed by Reiki is not that they go and sit at the feet of Jesus. What does this man do? He sits at the feet of Jesus. That is what happens when you are delivered from uh, from a demonic thing, when you are delivered from an addiction, when you are delivered from some uh, controlling thing in your life you know, I don't know, rejection, let's say rejection, you've been rejected all your life, it's just instance after instance after instance, you can look back on, you are in a way controlled by it because you cannot get it out of your mind and it affects everyday relationships now. Well, the honest truth is, if you want to let that go, Jesus will take it instantly, but you will have to sit at his feet continuously to maintain that status that he's brought you to. There's no shortcut for it. When, when, I, when he, I stopped drinking, I had to not go to the pub. Yeah. He took that from me, but I had to not go to the pub. And I had to talk about myself and think about myself as someone who did not drink nor wanted to drink. And I did, and it was fine. But you have to do your part in that. You want to be rid of unforgiveness? Do you want to be rid of bitterness? Do you want to be rid of rejection? Because they're all like a demonic thing. They all control you. You just have to ask, and be prepared to sit at His feet and stay there.
4: So, where do, where do people who say go to yoga? Where, 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 they don't sit at Jesus' feet. Where would they go? Would they go? We don't know.
1: No. Anywhere else, anywhere else but, anywhere
4: else but really. To be honest,
0: I mean, at the moment, there's a big thing about Christian yoga. I mean, it's just laughable. There's no such thing as Christian yoga. There's no such thing as... It's just... (laughs) But at least
3: in the Telegram, the reporting (laughs) about the vicar would not... Yes, my husband pointed
0: it out. He said, he said, look, have you heard about that vicar? And I hadn't read the (laughs) paper. I said, (laughs) no, and he told me about it. And he said ridiculous. And I looked at him and I said, "Now you know that's not ridiculous." I know, I know," he said. "I know. But you know, it's it's ridiculous. You cannot be a believer yeah. and be practicing exactly. yoga."
1: Exactly.
0: It's it's just it's just so obviously not right. Yeah, yeah. And but people will say, "Well, I'm only doing the stretches. I'm not doing the thinking.'" Well, you're not. You're, you're putting your body into poses that have been designed to do certain things. Now, I don't believe that a Christian can suddenly... I don't believe you can walk along the ground with no shoes on and demons will come up through your feet. I don't believe that. I think there's nothing in Scripture about that at all. I can't, how can that happen? I walk around without shoes on all the time. I do. I've heard that. That you, can, you have to be careful where you walk and take off your shoes. Because you can really? get a demon up through your feet. But oh, well, to be honest, that's nonsense. That's that. nonsense.
1: I, that I know, but even right. in a mosque. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If
0: you walk into a mosque, you are taking Christ yes. into the mosque. Yes, Do you think anything in that mosque can yeah. resist Christ? No. Nothing. No,
4: exactly, exactly.
0: It's nothing. If we go in and, and mm. imagine if we go in together. Mm. I mean, we would be like an army, and everything would flee. I'm not talking physically. Physically, maybe we'd all get gunned down. I don't know. But spiritually, we cannot be, cannot be touched by demons of any description if we are sitting at the feet of Jesus, following Jesus, giving ourselves over to him, surrendering to him, doing what he says. That is an impossibility. Um, So... There you go, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, so he's proving uh, authority over the demonic realm, and I think we have to take that, not necessarily for demons, because uh, Satan doesn't have to bother too much with us, because we're also apathetic that he's, he's letting us go to our own fleshly things. I think that's definitely true in the West. Um, but it's also true about those things that we are under the control of, flesh addictions, mm-hmm. let's call them, whatever they are. Um, emotional things that we can't let go of, all of that. And he is in authority over that. There is nothing in your life that he cannot deliver you from. I mean, that's so marvellous. It's marvellous, isn't it? And then finally, verse 40, um, uh, down to the uh, end of the chapter, really. Mm -hmm. Um, He's He's beginning, he's, he's going to go on his journey, he's coming away from the, the man who had the demons. And actually, sorry, just one last thing, verse 39, return to your house and describe what great things God has done for you. So he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Mm. That's he,
2: interesting because other
0: times Jesus yeah. Don't go, and don't go anywhere him. and tell him. In fact, he does at the end of this chapter. Yes, it is. Exactly. And I, I don't know always, Anne, what the answer is for that. But this man did what he was told. So his faith was real. He'd been just delivered of these demons and he did what he was told. Um, so then Luke 40 to 56. Um, Jesus is going now and he's going to be approached by a man called Jairus and who asks him to go and Um, come to his house for he has an only daughter about 12 years old and she was dying and then uh, Luke says but as he went the crowds were pressing against him and a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and could not be healed by anyone came up behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak Mm -hmm. and immediately her hemorrhage stopped and Jesus said who is the one who touched me and while they were all denying it Peter said master the people are crowding and pressing in on you Mm -hmm. but Jesus said someone did touch me for I was aware that power had gone out of me. When the woman saw that she had not escaped notice, she came trembling and fell down before him and declared in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Yeah. Go in peace. Yeah. Um, I think it's quite interesting, actually, that the woman has had this hemorrhage for 12 years and Jairus's daughter was 12 years old. I think that's quite a... Mm. I, don't, it's, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know why, but I kind of, yeah. Mm. So um, Jesus has healed before this. He's Luke's already recorded him healing people. Mm. So what is it that we're kind of being led into here about the healing? Mm. What, Jesus has authority over sickness, we know. Yeah. Um, he's later going to say that he raises this girl from the dead. So he has mm-hmm. he has authority over death, mm. but what's what's what is he trying to show us? Do you think in this mm. chapter about that?
4: Having
0: <clears> faith. <throat> yeah, faith, having faith. Mm. But what is there about this healing that is um, it's not <coughs> notable? It's not everlasting; it has to be topped up, doesn't
2: it? This power of healing.
0: Hmm. I'm not sure because I think he says go you're made well your faith has healed you so it has it's already gone it's happened your faith has made you well so go in peace yeah he felt the power go out, yeah, of, he him. Power go out of him
2: mm. what were you he
0: didn't consciously say, I'm going to heal that. no it doesn't look like that it just happened because she touched him yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, he knows that he's doing it and something is going from him, definitely, that's true. I think there's more, though. There's something else here. Yeah, <coughs> hey? it can only come yeah, from, from him, which I think is also true. Um, but but there, I think there's something about the fact that he is not made unclean by the sickness mm. of course, yes. that he heals. Particularly the woman allowed it's,
2: to touch the dead. Yes,
3: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. dead, mm-hmm.
0: and he's going to go on to, yeah. to raise the dead girl. Yeah. So he's not made unclean by sickness, which means he is not made unclean by sin. So Jesus is not made unclean because he lives in you and you are still struggling not to sin. If you see what I mean, there's, there's a parallel there. The closer, you, the longer you go on with the Lord Jesus, tell me what happens about yourself. When you think about yourself, the longer you go on with Jesus, what happens about you? When you think about yourself, what happens? That's a weird question. Yeah, it is, but I've, I've asked the question weirdly. Well, the more you know that you don't deserve him to be there and the more you see your own sin. the more aware you are of how far you fall short. That's, that's absolutely, definitely what happens. Because the closer you get to the sun, the hotter it gets the more the dust shows through the window definitely and the more you go on with jesus the more he he gently shows you the sin in your life that has been covered up by what you thought were the worst sins and suddenly you find oh my goodness there was all this other stuff underneath Mm -hmm. but the thing is he has lived within you all that time and he has made you holy you haven't made him unholy Mm -hmm. and that's what we always forget i think that Everything that God touches becomes holy. Yes. Everything he touches. In the Old Testament temple, when they made a vessel for God, as soon as he touched it, it became holy. Anything he touches becomes holy. It's not that... So if God has touched you and me, which he has because he lives within me, I have become holy. At the inner core of myself, I am holy. I am holy to the Lord, and even though in my flesh I still sin, the inner core of me, my spirit, is made alive and is holy forevermore. There is no unholiness in me because Christ is in me, and he is not made unholy by my unholiness. It's so important to remember it, because if you don't, the closer you get to Christ, you, you will want to stop getting any closer, because he will show you things about yourself you will find absolutely despicable.
1: Yes.
0: And you won't have anything, you won't know how to deal with them, or how to think about them, because you will be afraid, almost, to... Admit to them to Christ. I know that sounds ridiculous, but you will be because there's almost this sense of uncovering that goes on. And, and what I think he's trying to show us here is no sin, no sickness, no death can affect who I am, who mm. Christ is. And so when I am in you by my spirit, no sickness, no sin, no death can affect who you are mm. at your core. Of course, of course, this is in the midst of a chapter where he's telling us, if you say you believe, you've got to do what he says. So this is not divorced. It doesn't mean you can go and do what you like. You know that I'm not saying that. And he's not saying that. But what he is saying is, do not be afraid even of your own sin. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to confess your sin. Don't be afraid to face your sin. Don't be afraid to show me your sin. Don't be afraid of that because I will, I can, I have authority over it. You know what I mean, right? Yes. It's very encouraging.
3: It's very encouraging. Yes, because yes, yes, yes. yeah. uh, mm. yes, you do get to a stage in your life where exactly. you have been made aware of so many sins. Yeah. There is something in you that thinks, "Surely this must come
0: to an end. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's yet more, yeah. yeah. And there is a dual thing going on because we are being sanctified. So we are not. We are seeing the sin, confessing the sin, being purified and made, you know, made right with God by it. And so that that is going along at the same time. But we are being sensitized. If sensitized, whatever the word sensitized. is, we are being made more aware of how much we needed Christ's salvation, yeah. and that's a good thing. Because otherwise, we would start to be so holy. I'm so much holier than you. (laughs) And uh, so I think the two things together are really important. But if you have only the awareness of your own sin and not the awareness of the holiness that you have in Christ, you live a defeated life the whole time. You don't trust your salvation. You can't trust it. And it will become all about me, about my sin, about me defeating that sin. Whereas if you hold it with the that I have the Christ in me who has defeated that sin already, then I'm able to go on and face whatever comes next. So he's not made unclean by this woman, and Jairus does an amazing thing, because he's the leader of the synagogue. He continues. He knows this has happened, but he still lets Jesus come and go and yes. talk to his daughter. So, I mean, the faith of Jairus here yes. to do mm-hmm. that, I mean, the desperation, of course, because his mm-hmm. daughter, his only daughter, has died, but still the faith. Mm-hmm. He's the leader of the synagogue. Exactly. He mm-hmm. is steeped in the religion mm-hmm. of their day, and, and that would have been an, impossible for in him. Public. In public as well, mm-hmm. unless he had decided, I need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So his heart must have been Yes, and so
4: says that many believed in Jesus but they wouldn't own up to it because yes. Thrown out of the sin. yes 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 yeah. and you can
0: understand it because yeah. you know yeah. so he goes in and uh he they're all weeping and lamenting for her but he said stop weeping she's not died but is asleep and they began laughing at him knowing that she had died he however took her by the hand and called saying child arise and her spirit returned and she got up immediately and he gave orders for something to be given to her to eat. Her parents were amazed, but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. I find that quite difficult mm. because I don't know why he told them not to tell anyone when there's a whole crowd out there weeping and lamenting <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they're going to know when they see her. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't answer that. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know. I love that answer. It's my favorite answer. I don't know why that is like that. But one thing I do know is that he told them to give her something to eat. I
4: yes, 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 yes. Why is that? So human. Yeah,
0: it is so human. But why do you think he's doing it? To show that she
4: really is alive.
0: Exactly. Dead people don't eat. So even if it's this some miraculous hocus pocus sorcery type thing where he gets her to sit up or stand up, she's going to eat. Yes. What does he do with the disciples when he comes back after his uh, death yeah. and resurrection? He cooks breakfast. And they yeah. eat. Yeah. They yeah. eat. Yeah. Yeah. They do a human yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. To, and he does it with mm. them and to prove. Eats, you know, the,
2: uh, to he yes, mm. he eats mm. with them.
0: Yeah. It yeah. says
4: that he
2: thrusts these scoffers out. Yes. Mm. So it's just the first yes.
4: Imagine mm. the parents. Yes. Mm
0: yeah I know imagine it. we well, can't yeah. imagine it actually, can you it was just it was just such a wonderful thing and yeah, but he orders them not to tell anybody about what has happened. I think the only reason can be that he is not yet wanting people to understand the fullness of who he is in that he can raise the dead. I mean he hasn't come to Lazarus yet, but. Um, Mm? Yes. Oh, that's what I mean. It's so amazing. They're all, of course, they're all going to be talking about it. So, um, so then, by the time you get to the end of the chapter, what's Luke? And Luke's going to carry on. Actually, in nine, he's going to call the twelve together, and he's going to start giving them the authority that he's just shown them in chapter eight. Jesus is. So he's going to give them the authority. So, what is it that Luke is recording for us? What is Jesus doing with these disciples that are following him?
4: Well, he's he's them that he that he's Lord of nature, yeah. Lord of um, demons, Lord of the disease, yeah. Lord of
0: death, Lord of everything. Oh, actually. Everything, yes. yeah. And he has authority yeah, over authority it all. Authority over all. Um, and it's important because in the next chapter, and he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority. So now it's there's this handing over. Yeah. I mean, they must have thought, we can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, they've only just seen it happen mm-hmm. in front of them. So, but um, there's that sense of it. So. But, but what's the message behind it all? You know, that, we said that right at the beginning. The message is, if you believe that Jesus is this person who has authority over mm. demons, over mm. nature, over sickness and death, mm. how are you living to witness to that? You know, how are you obeying yeah. him? So, you know, what, do, what difference does that make to your life? You know... If he has authority over the demons, over every issue that you've got, every, over every fleshly addiction or lust that you have, well, what difference does it make to know he has authority over?
3: That? Well, Simon's always saying that you live from a
0: point of victory. Yes, you do. You live from victory. And you know that it might take me a little while because there's something still going on in me, and I know that there's some, maybe there's something about my being offended that I like. Yes. You know? Maybe it puts me in the public eye a bit more, you know. Maybe everybody knows when I'm offended, and then Life everybody looks central. at me and yeah. thinks about me yeah. and talks to me and tries to make me feel better, because yeah. yeah. that's yeah. what offended people yeah. is this, always do.
4: Is this is a typical church <laughs> <It's> a scenario, isn't <laughs> it, Well, you know, <laughs> if the cat fits, scenario. yeah.
0: <laughs> but this is what happens when people are, who get easily offended—they're yeah. constantly offended—and the, what they want you to do is talk to them and think about them and make them feel better feel sorry for them sympathize apologize dreadful because then
3: they get away with
0: murder. Exactly, but that's what they that's what offended people do or that's what the the sin of the flesh does the, that affair, offense. Yeah. people who get rejected easily and they they tell you about their rejection in their childhood i was always rejected i i felt so alone as a child and this and that and the other thing you know mm-hmm. What they want you to do is pick them up and hug them and say, I'm going to be your best friend and I'm never going to leave you and I'm never going to reject you. No matter what you do or how horrible you are, I'm never rejecting you. That's what they want. It's It's like the attention. Now, I'm not saying that the person themselves, I'm saying that's the issue. That's the issue. So if you believe Jesus can heal you of those things, can deliver you of them, whatever word you want to use, same thing. Why have them? Yes. So the only reason you would hold on to it is because you don't believe Jesus can heal you of it, or because you quite like, you like the attention. attention. Mm-hmm. And so, and we all have those things. This is, I'm picking those two things, because they're easy to explain. Well, it's but
3: like a friend of mine was almost blind. And somebody said to her, somebody could give you an operation, because there was an operation she could have had, would you have it? She said, actually, no. Interesting. Yeah, really. Because she was so used to being like that. Yeah. People yep. treating her yeah. slightly different. Yeah. But she didn't know how, mm. she'd, how be she'd be if she was well. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I think yeah, that's fear also, isn't it? There's yeah. partly fear in there too. Mm. How will it be if I can do that? Mm. Revealing, Lord, it 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 does uh, pierce through bone yes. and marrow, and is yes. able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And Lord, that's so true. I know that in my own life. And I really think that everyone knows that here, Lord. Mm-hmm. We know the issues we have and the, the ones that are not quite gone yet. And And we thank you, Lord, that you do show us those things and that you don't let us just sit there and not do anything about them. And you are calling us to come closer to you and, and in the coming closer to lay aside all the baggage that slows us up and, and stops us actually trusting you completely. So that's my prayer, really, for us, Lord, um, that you would keep on keeping on with us, that you would keep showing us those things that we need to lay aside. The What is it that the writer says to the Hebrews, the sin that so easily entangles um, and the burdens that slow us up, Lord, so that we can run the race set before us Mm. and we can actually witness to your greatness, because that's what we all want to do, Lord. We want to witness to who you are. And so I ask, Lord, that you would do what you've promised to do, and that is to give us the strength to go out in victory, to go out understanding the victory we have in you, and uh, deciding that we will do whatever we can do to align ourselves with your word. And I thank you, Lord, that you will do that and answer that prayer in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Amen.